The following is a paid program, and the views expressed are those of the hosts and guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPTF or Curtis Media Group. Information provided is of a general nature. Listeners seeking specific advice should contact a licensed professional in the appropriate area. Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. And this is Heart Health Radio. On the Heart Health Radio Network. On the Heart Health Radio. Thank you for filling in. Well, you know, you to... had one of your senior moments. I, I did. stepped in. Do you even know though, that I'm... Even though you're younger. I'm having them more and more. Yeah, we're we're going to talk about COVID this, as a change of pace this week. Um, the <laughs> COVID, COVID Listen, numbers. this is the story of the century, okay? I know it is. I mean, think about it. The politics behind... What China did oh and gosh. didn't do, yes. the millions of people who died, the economic disaster that has happened. And you know what I want to do? Well, what? Um, who's that guy on Fox News? Mark Siegel. Okay. He had an excellent article today Yeah. about the positive things that have come out of COVID. And you say, what? Yes. What could be positive? Well, the impetus for scientific exploration to try to squash this thing yes has really been amazing okay if somebody had said 15 years ago in a certain type of uh, epidemic you know pandemic like sure. we have, that within six months we'd right. have medications to actually treat the virus that yeah. we would have off-the-shelf antibodies called monoclonals yeah which are now keeping people out of the hospital right. as an outpatient, saving lives. If, if anyone would think that in nine months, right. we'd have not one, not two, not three, yeah. but four vaccines that all worked um, to reduce uh, hospitalization and death, I think they would have said, Weefy, yeah. you're crazy. They would have said that. Because back then we couldn't have done it. Right. And so what this tells us uh, is a good thing, is that we have tremendous numbers of scientists mm-hmm. who are wonderful and brilliant and know what to do. And yet, of course, everything about this is negative. You right. know, the politicians stink. You know, one politician said, I'm not going to trust that politician's vaccine. And yeah. then, you know, we've got the Internet. We've got Facebook. We've got people planning crazy stories about how you turn magnetic. Remember that? Yes. You turn magnetic with the vaccine. And then we have true misinformation. And then we have people, you know, targeted as being misinformers. Right. For saying things that actually could be true, could be right. Let me, let me just give you the big example now that has just come out. Yeah. You remember when President Trump said... And he was on his podium with, you know, the daily briefings that we had. Remember that? Every day at 4 o'clock. I do. And he said, bleach works. I mean, topical Mm. disinfectants work. He turned to his people and said, can we use these in a human? And they all shook their head no. All right. What is alcohol? 
it's it's a disinfectant. Right, and what it's the main ingredient for what? Hand sanitizer. You, you look on the hand. It's san- funny. My first thought yeah. was beer. Okay. Well. Look, okay. You, you're a yeah. drinker. I'm a thinker. Okay. Okay. But anyway, so so and that's why you, everybody's drinking hand sanitizer. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I prefer the rosé. Okay? Yes, yes, of course you do. Yes. But anyway, get back, into, get back to, you know, something that makes sense here. Hand sanitizer, 70% alcohol. Yeah. All right. Now, what is Listerine? What is the active ingredient of Listerine mouthwash? I'm pretty sure it's alcohol. Yeah, 70%. Yeah. So I, I remember at Johns Hopkins, I was working in an ER, and these guys would come in with really nice breath. Yes. And they'd be drunk off their butts. And they were drinking Listerine. When President Reagan got shot, they kicked all the guys out of the ER. And so all the drunks come st- stomping down the street, interviewed by CBS, NBC. Said, were you in the ER? Yeah. You know, I just saw the president come in. <laughs> and had a Listerine bottle in his hand. But anyway, the bottom line is, um, this is tangentialism today. Yeah, um, the yeah. bottom line is, what now has been shown to reduce the risk of contracting COVID by 40%? Oh, Yes. Listerine. Yes, but not drinking it. No. Gargling. You know what? Okay, but did and then did President Trump really say drink bleach? No, he didn't. No. no. He asked no. his people if if hydrochloric acid, right, you know, and could be used as some sort of disinfectant in a right. human. The answer is no. And okay? everybody was polite enough not to say Mr. President, that's really dumb. What they should yeah. that's what not they a did is they idea. shook their head and he went, "Oh, okay." Okay. But anyway, Mouthwash. <laughs> yeah. Now, I I have to interact with patients every day, yeah. f- 30 of them every day. So right next to the sink where I wash my hands is a big old bottle of green Listerine. Yeah. And I've been doing that. I Between patients, I wash my hands and I mouthwash. No kidding. Now, what else do I do? Okay. I, don't I rinse my nose out with saline. Yes. Why? <laughs> I couldn't do that. I am so allergic to everything. Really? That I have to do the nasal rinsing. I have to use a two topical um, uh, nose sprays. One is Astelin, which is a topical antihistamine. So, you know, um, uh, Zizol and Zyrtec. Okay. You take a pill. Well, these are actually antihistamines that go on the nose. That's twice a day, Flonasis once a day. Guess what? Mm. 40% reduction in the incidence of contracting COVID 19 if you regularly use Flonase. Okay. Now, this is not to say, and I'm not prescribing Flonase yeah, for right. everybody out there. Yeah, yeah. Now, I don't think I get in trouble for saying use mouthwash, right? But the bottom line is all the stuff that was misinformation might not be so misinformation nowadays. Right, right. Okay? Right. So all the people got banned for what? For saying that they thought the Wuhan Virology Institute was the source of the virus. Uh-huh. You would be automatically banned from from Twitter, automatically banned from Facebook. Yeah. I mean, you know. Your um, YouTube channel would be taken down. Right. And, you know, somebody would come out of the woodwork with a Biden for president sticker and punch you in the face. But it turns out the most likely culprit is the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And Uh now we're allowed to say it. Why? (laughs) Because Fauci said we've got to look into it. But, and and you know how it became misinformation? Hmm. Because the guy... Who who founded the in, the uh, the fund yeah. to give to the Wuhan Institute of uh-huh. Biology yeah. and the the professor over here at UNC Barrick 
Yeah. Who's you know one of the world's experts at, at COVID yeah. or coronaviruses. He signed it, and they sent this letter to Lancet saying, there's no way it was the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And that letter, it's, and every single person who signed that letter, prominent scientists, were involved with the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And then it became misinformation. And if you said it, you know what else? The R word. What? You're a racist. Oh, well, yeah. You know? Mm. And so the bottom line, what is good that's come out of it mm. is the scientists have stepped up and they've hit several home runs. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon we'll have a grand slam because there are three pills coming out now that look really good. Merck has one. I can't remember the other names of the companies that have them. And these are antivirals. We've had antibiotics for 100 years almost. Right. And we've had HIV antiviral. And that's how they picked up on this. We didn't know a lot about viruses. And so we're studying all these things, and now we're coming up with solutions. So how can I say this? Um, There's a silver lining in this thundercloud that's been COVID-19. And the silver lining is the next time, or maybe we can prevent the next time Mm -hmm. by knowing as soon as something like this comes out, the scientists, they, they, they did the DNA, RNA sequencing mm-hmm. in a mm-hmm. day, mm-hmm. okay? And then we can design our drugs around that, immediately manufacture them. Billions of doses were made, you know, instantane- almost instantaneously. Right. So the good news is we're good. We're good people. Mm-hmm. We are a care- kind and caring nation. And let's just let the noise um, dissipate and say, yes, this was horrible. We lost 700,000 people in this country alone. Millions, millions. But we stepped up to the plate mm-hmm. and we took the bull by the horn. I, this is, um, um, yeah. you know, cliche night. It is. Yeah. And we did it. Usually we avoid yeah. cliches like no, the plague yeah. around here. Yeah, that's right. Like, like the plague. <laughs> like the plague. Oh, here you go. But, but you you, know, you one up to me. Knock, what, knock wood. We'll, yes. we'll get through the rest of the night without too much trouble. I like cliches. Um, Touche on the cliche. There is something that you reminded me of, and it happened today. What was that? And I'm concerned about it. Okay. YouTube will now take down your video. And demonetize you and make yeah. sure that you can't make money. Right. If you have an anti-vax message, yeah. and they also will take you down if you have an, uh, a message that strays too far from the right. from the norm related to climate change. Yeah, we have Again, been. Yeah, and we have physicians have been warned by the powers that be to watch our step mm-hmm. because if we, for example. Um, would prescribe ivermectin for COVID right. that we could possibly lose our licenses. Now, let me say this about that. I had a friend who did that all the time. Let me say this about that. Um, boy, we're cliched and old school today. Anyway, yeah. um, we are allowed by law as a physician to prescribe any drug that's approved by the FDA for any purpose. Uh-huh. So, for example, uh, you have a drug approved for diabetes. Yeah. It's called Jardians. Yeah. There was evidence that it actually worked for heart failure, even if those patients did not have diabetes. Mm-hmm. I could have prescribed it, and I did prescribe it based on the evidence that came through before the FDA approved it right. for congestive heart failure. What's the difference between my prescribing ivermectin for COVID in appropriate dosing 
right. that's for a human being. Right, right, right. I could lose my license for that. Why? I think it's a p- political thing. We use medicines all the time that are not proven right. in efficacy. Well, um, there we, is still something about what we do that's an art, that we use our education uh, from Johnny Hopkins, mm-hmm. who taught me how to think and mm-hmm. how to put two and two together and use the safe application of appropriate doses for something that I think might work. Mm-hmm. And there is evidence that ivermectin works. There's evidence that it doesn't work. Um, the problem is, is that one political party portrays the evidence as not working and another political party portrays it as working. Mm-hmm. And then it's become part of this crazy internet craze you yes. know, where you want ivermectin versus, say, the vaccine. Sure. And I'm going to tell you right now, the vaccines are good. You should get them and don't listen to the anti-vax people. Right. But there's a compelling issue. Should we give the vaccine to everybody who's had COVID? And the answer is there's a lot of evidence, a lot of evidence that if you've had COVID, you have a better immune response than than if you had the vaccine. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't. The FDA and the DEA and the... FFA are all, you know, coming around to COVID vaccines for those who've had COVID. Future farmers of America. I'm joking. I was an FFA president. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm sure. You I mean, were. I like all those, you know. Yeah, acronyms. Yeah. NSA, NASA, whatever. But anyway, um, <laughs> I'm going to tread very carefully here. Okay? Good for you. I think that if I wanted to, and I haven't prescribed ivermectin for COVID, uh-huh. I think I should be allowed to. Now. Luckily, when I prescribed hydroxychloroquine for COVID, right. it was an emergency approval by right. the FDA at the time. So I wouldn't get in trouble for that. But I don't think I could get, should get in trouble for prescribing ivermectin. Now, they say it's horse paste. Okay. If you have a horsey who's yes. got, you know, parasites, yes. there is a horse dose. Now, if there's somebody who's stupid enough to go out in the barn and grab, you know, some horse paste and swallow it, that's their problem. Yeah. We aren't saying that. Now, I'm not including me in the pro-ivermectin people. Right, right. But as I've said before, the guy who invented ivermectin for human beings yeah. won the Nobel Prize. And the reason why he won the Nobel Prize is that in appropriate doses with appropriate monitoring, it saved hundreds of thousands of kids' eyesight. Okay. So all I want to say is the controversies are there. Don't believe anything that you hear from somebody who doesn't know what the H they're talking about. Yeah. Don't just turn off Facebook news. Turn off the Twitter sphere. Yeah, because it's on both sides. Yeah. Okay. The anti-vaxxer vaxxers are are wrong, but maybe just maybe, if you've had COVID, you might not benefit from the vaccine. I don't know, because I don't have enough information. But it's on both sides that we have disinformation. And that's, I think, leading to the problems we're having. We're also going to talk about on tonight's or today's show. Is this tonight's show? Supplements. Two supplements have been suggested on the article I have in my hot little hands that I should take these two supplements instead of statins. Yeah. And this is, uh, to me, a really important thing for people to hear. All right. That's coming up. Natural's not better, always. That's coming up. On Heart Health Radio, you're right, on the Heart Health Radio Network. This 
is Heart Health Radio. Did they hear uh, me say that? On the Heart Health Radio Network. No, they didn't. No, okay. They didn't. It wasn't anything bad. I just didn't realize we were coming on and I was bloviating about things that I should bloviate on the radio about. We were, we're going to talk about New Zealand and their strategy in just a little bit. We're also going to talk about doctors getting angry at their patients and you think they shouldn't. Uh, not only should they shouldn't, but I think it's malpractice, to tell you the truth. Okay, okay. and I'm going to explain why. Okay. Let's talk about this article that we found where they suggested two different right. pills right. or two different supplements okay. instead of statins. Now, yeah. I take a statin. Yeah, good for you. Because of cholesterol. I take a statin, too. Okay. And statins also reduce uh, the risk of Crohn's disease. Okay. They reduce the risk of stroke Yes. Um, they reduce the risk of certain cancers. Um, it's not been proven, but it's been shown to be an association. Yeah. Wonderful medications. Now, is the People's Pharmacy still on the air? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay, I used to get real angry. I mean, I can get angry at the People's Pharmacy, not at my patients, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'd be driving along and listening to this stuff about how, you know, this is natural, and it's so much better than the chemical yeah. You know, and it's just not true. Um, some things that are natural are really good for you. Air, yeah. water. Yeah. <laughs> There's some things that are natural that are horrible for you. Uh, s- snake venom. I mean, it's a natural sure. compound. Yeah, it's a natural compound. Okay, sure, so, sure, yeah. hey, you know, uh, get bit by the snake. It's natural. It is natural. Yeah. It's so poison. I want tell, to tell people that if you hear that something's better than a, a statin or other chemis- chemical, uh, and they are chemicals, I'm going to say it, medicine, then think twice. So this uh, um, Jessica, and is it Knibs or Nibs? It's K-N-I-B-B-S. And she is talking about using uh, something called red yeast rice, rice, <laughs> rice, and niacin. Now, niacin is a, an essential B vitamin. Okay. Uh, we all need niacin. But the doses that we're talking about to have any effect whatsoever on your blood fats called triglycerides or your cholesterol is 20 times, 30 times the recommended daily dose. So we used to give niacin. We used to use niacin for people who had a certain type of cholesterol problem, okay? And we gave it in high doses. Oh, my God, two grams, 2,000 milligrams. And we would have them take aspirin beforehand. And we would, you know, and niacin is really hard to take. Causes flushing, Uh nausea. I mean, these people would come in and say, I mean, Dr. Weefald, I am red as a beet. Well, you know what we learned about niacin? Mm. It didn't work. So they finally did the studies and compared niacin plus a cholesterol tablet versus a cholesterol tablet by itself. And people died more. Really? They took niacin. Yeah. There was a great, great um, company that put out a niacin-based um, uh, anti-cholesterol agent and showed good, good, good stuff in lowering cholesterol. Well, guess what? And a higher mortality rate than just a statin alone. So natural may not, and, and often, is not better. Right. Niacin can kill you in high doses, just like snake venom can kill you in high doses, and they're both natural products. Right. So don't ditch your statin and go to the drugstore and buy a bunch of niacin. You might get sick. And you know how they talk about, oh, statins kill your liver. Niacin has a greater chance of liver injury than yeah. a statin does. They don't say this in the article. Now, what is red yeast rice? You know what red yeast rice is? No. It's a statin. Now, why do I say that? 
because the chemical compound that's active in red yeast rice is almost identical to the HMG-CoA reductase form uh, or chemical form of a statin. Now, each one of these statins has a little bit of something different. Yeah, you, did you take chemistry in high school? Not much. Yeah, you know, the OH on the end and the sure. CR on the end. They modify it a little bit, and some are more potent, some are less potent. But red yeast rice is essentially a weak statin. Now, there's two types of red yeast rice, okay? Right. And it's made out of yeast that grows on red rice. And there's the Chinese version. All right. Ancient Chinese secret. You ever hear that term? Yes. My mother used to say it all the time. And it is potent stuff. Okay, but the red yeast rice you buy from the United States of America, you might as well go to the toilet, and, and open just, the lid, yeah. pour it down. Now, the problem is you're going to clog your toilet of all those pills, <laughs> and you're going to wind up calling Roto-Rooter. Just, just for everybody listening, you're saying red yeast. Y-E-A-S-T. Rice. rice. Red okay. yeast rice. Now, right. do I give it? Yes, I do. You know why? Because I got people who insist they can't take statins, they can't take Zetia, they can't take, um, you know, Repatha, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And they want to go natural. If I put them on red yeast rice and I monitor them because you've got to monitor your liver since it is a statin like compound. Sure. And, you know, some of them lower their cholesterol, but you know what I tell them? Yeah. That you're missing out. The statin drug doesn't just lower your cholesterol, you know what it does? That's magic. It reduces inflammation. It's one of our best anti-inflammatory drugs. Right. So let me tell you how you know, how you know that it helps prevent heart attack. So if you've had a heart attack, you're at high risk for another one, right? Sure. So what they've done in the initial studies is they gave heart attack patients a sugar pill, I like to call that, instead of a placebo, sugar pill. Yeah. And they gave them a statin and they followed them. At six months, there were much markedly lower uh, risk of heart attack. In the people who got statins at six months. Yeah. Now you know cholesterol buildup is a huge, long problem. They have now documented that kids who died in the Korean War already had cholesterol buildup brewing, right. and so it builds up over 10, 15 years. Right. So what did it do? It reduced the inflammation in the body because a heart attack is not caused by the slow, gradual progression of cholesterol. It's caused by a plaque that is maybe 25, 30% block, that gets inflamed and ruptures. So statins are great for anti-inflammatory effects. And they help you live longer because live longer, you live don't better, have that heart attack. And you spot medical misinformation when you take a statin. That's exactly right. right. Also, when you continue listening to this show, which we hope you do, yeah. and you know, we'll give you a telephone number in a little bit, you can call and ask a question. And listen, if you're anti-statin, call. We'll talk. Now back to heart health. Have a question for Dr. Weefall? Call 919-860-9783. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. Dave Alexander along with Dr. Franklin Weefall. The telephone number is 919-860-9783. 919-860-9783. What do you want to talk about? Natural immunity yeah. or dry scooping? Uh, dry scooping, uh, just because it's in the in the news now. Oh, man. So I have a bunch of wonderful people in my office. I have young women, uh, young men, yes, who are healthcare heroes. Uh-huh. Um, even if your job is to sit behind a desk and be nice and be a receptionist and help calm people down, you're a healthcare hero. Yeah. Um, even if your job is to do the billing, um, they're a healthcare hero to me. Sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, they're young and they've all got boyfriends or husbands who want to be buff, B-U-F-F. Yeah. 
when I was growing up, you know, there was none of this. We were running around, you know, uh, with the headphones on and pumping iron all day to look buff. But they all do it. And they all want an edge. And so for a while there, testosterone was real big. I don't, I don't see a lot of that anymore. Okay. Um, I think people have realized that's not the appropriate use, but maybe not. Well, then there was energy drinks, okay? And that's actually yeah. not so bad. I'm going to tell you right now, the, uh, I take five-hour energy in the morning instead of coffee. The same amount of, of caffeine, 200 milligrams, is in a large coffee. Right. And I take another one about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So I have basically two, cup, two large cups of coffee a day if you take 20 of them. You know, that's when you hear. In fact, I tell people right. I have a five-hour. That's bad for you. How can you do that? It's not bad for you. If you, <laughs> you do you know anybody who drinks 20 cups of coffee a day? I'm close. Oh, really? Yeah. No wonder. I get a little jittery. I wonder what was wrong with you. Yes, yes. Yeah. Juan Valdez is your best friend, right? Is yes. All right. Yes. So, dry <laughs> scooping. What is this stuff? Well, they oh. apparently make a a boost of uh, workout boost mm-hmm. that has taurine and, and amino acids and all these things that are supposedly going to build your muscles. Yeah. And um, you're supposed to use like a little scoop of it and put it in water yeah. and, and drink it down. Well, they're taking these scoops and they're putting the dry powder in their mouth without anything else. And the amount that they're giving, it's 200 milligrams of caffeine and a five-hour energy. This is 2,000 milligrams of caffeine at one time. Yes. Now, what they say, man, it gives me the energy to work out. Yeah, I think that's a big mistake. And if you really want to get buff and if you really want to pump iron, you don't need this. What you need, and I don't think there's anything wrong with, with protein supplements, so you can get a thing of whey protein. Sure. And make yourself a little whey protein drink. That'll help because it'll help build your proteins back. When you exercise, you destroy muscle. Okay. okay that's what you're doing. All right. And then you build it back up. And it's, there's a stimulus to replace more of the destroyed muscle when, when you've exercised it a lot. So, yeah, whey protein, great. You're going to give those proteins a chance to get put into your muscle again. Sure. But you don't need tons of caffeine. And that one of the things that I worry about is that at those levels, 20 times the amount that's in a five-hour energy, you could get an arrhythmia. And what is that? That's when your electricity goes haywire in your heart. Right. Because you're already sweating. And what do you do when you sweat? You lose potassium. You lose magnesium. And so your heart is already primed to get an arrhythmia, extra heartbeats, a premature contraction, atrial fibrillation, whatever. Sure. So what I'm worried about, and I can't say this is going to happen because it's not been studied, but I'm worried about we're going to see people dropping dead on um, using uh, the equipment, on the equipment. Right. Uh, Pray to God it doesn't happen. But please, if you're out there and you're young, or if you're old and you want to get buff, you want to have pecs and you want to have triceps and you want to have... You know, uh, all those glutes. Oh, glutes are real big now. Gluteus maximus. Oh, yeah. yeah. The butt the but, muscle? Yeah, the butt muscle. Um, don't do the dry scooping. Uh, it's not worth it. It doesn't help you. It can potentially really hurt you. If you want to supplement, um, whey protein, I think, is the best thing. Now, what is whey? It's milk, okay? It's it's curd. Yeah. You know, old, um, eating is curds and whey. Who is that? Um, oh, I would on. miss Muffet oh, on her yeah. Tuffet. Tuffet, yeah. And anyway, the Tuffet is the gluteus maximus, okay? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, hydrate. Yeah. Um, use Gatorade. It's not bad. 
uh, to replenish your potassium, your magnesium, and all that stuff. I would even say don't sweat. I would get a cold bottle, put it on your neck, cool your body down so it's not overheating. You'll, you'll get a better workout if you're not overheated. But don't do the dry scooping. I'm the, really worried about it. Just the idea that somebody would say, you know, I got this stuff that I'm supposed to make with water. Yeah. But I think I'd do better. Well, I think it's if a, I just eat it. Yeah, I think you know a lot of the young people um, are into this exercise thing as like almost like a cult. Right. Okay. It's the cult of first thing I do is work out in the morning. Then I go yeah. to work. Uh, take a afternoon. I mean a lunch break workout, and then I do another workout in the evening. And you know I think they're addicted to the endorphins first of all, which are the natural opioids induced in our brain when we exercise. But I think it's become. Almost like a fad, a fashion thing. Sure. You know, um, I'm. you can't see me, but I'm sitting here in my scrubs, which, because I came from my work. Right. And you know how they're baggy and everything. I like baggy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, you buy the scrubs today from Figs, F-I-G-S, and they're tight They're uh, to show off your pecs that you've worked <laughs> out with, you know? And I don't get it. Um, but I think body worship is a big thing. And if you want to body worship, have at it. But please don't do anything stupid. You don't need that much caffeine. You just and it's bad for you. The uh, number one word we use on this show. What's that? Inflammation. Is inflammation. Yeah, and I, I I hope that people understand why I do this. I pound on it. Yeah. Inflammation is good in one sense, in a big sense. Okay, you get a cut, you know, sure. or you get a bug bite, yeah. or something like that. Um, it turns red and gets inflamed. What does that yeah. mean? It means your immune cells are coming in there to fight off the bacteria and the viruses and what else is in there. And they send off these signals, um, interleukins. Okay. These are all different things. Uh, complement proteins to recruit their buddies. So the T cells say, Hey, B cells, you know, make some antibodies for me. It's a remote okay. signaling process. All right. And it's good because it helps you heal. Here's the problem. As we get older, or if we have autoimmune diseases where our immune system is too strong, the inflammation stays high. And what does that do? It activates the immune cells that are sitting in pockets of parts of your body being ready to go. Yeah. Now in your gut, you have immune, immune cells in your gut. When you get Crohn's disease, you get inflammation and it runs all over your body. So like I said earlier, the heart attack is caused by inflammation. It, the okay. cholesterol is necessary, yeah. but it's interesting. It's not the 95% blockage that we put a stent in that causes the heart attack. Why do you think 35-year-old um, people who run a marathon drop dead of a heart attack? Is it because they had a 95% blockage? No. It's because they had a 40% blockage. The cover over the, the, the plaque filled with goo was small. They got inflamed. And it, the inflammation got into the immune cells that are trying to clear up the blockage in your heart artery. Yeah. And it popped it. Just like if you squashed a chocolate cherry, all the goo comes out, causes a heart attack by clotting off the artery. And why do some of these runners have high levels of inflammation? Because they're injured all the time. Yeah. Okay? So, you, you know, the red, hot joint that you've twisted, why is that? It's inflamed. Because repairing injury is also one of the functions that the immune system does. It helps in that repair. It's getting rid of dead stuff and letting the new stuff grow. So inflammation is really, really bad. And as we get older, it gets worse. 
And uh, if we have autoimmune diseases, if we have Crohn's disease, if we have lupus, the levels of inflammation are sky high. So let me give you an example about me. Can I talk about me? Sure. Yeah. So I found out I had a little bit of a cholesterol blockage, and I thought I was, you know, Superman. I'm like stunned. It's in right. my heart. I got one in my neck. Found yeah. accidentally, yeah. not even accidentally on purpose, I found a big lump in my arm that turned out to be from when I didn't measure my crutches and had the crutch up in my, in my uh, <laughs> axilla, and I ruined a nerve. They grew into a lump. But anyway, they did a CT scan. They found the coronary calcium. We talked about this before. Yes. Coronary calcium score was pretty high for my age, and it was in the Widowmaker's box, you know, proximal LAD, the front artery. So I got a stress test. I passed it, which means it wasn't enough to constrict the flow of blood. So what I measure? I measure my LDL cholesterol. Yeah. 178. Right. Where if you have coronary disease, it needs to be less than 70. Took a bunch of Crestor, took some Zeti, I got it down to 135. Not enough. That means that I have familial hypercholesterolemia, and I'll explain why sometime. It's kind of complicated. I went on Repatha, which is this shot. It's a monoclonal antibody right. that works in a new pathway to suck up the cholesterol out of your bloodstream and get it out of your system. Got it down to 11. Yeah. 11. Now, that's half the story. You know what the other half of the story was? Inflammation can be measured by your doctor by checking what's called the C-reactive protein. And it's not crap. It's spelled CRP. C-reactive? C-reactive protein. CRP. And crap. It's not crap. It's CRP. Okay. And what it does, it's one of those inflammatory proteins. So when your body's inflamed, if you're fighting an infection, it's going to go way up because it helps recruits other things. But if you're not fighting an infection, if you're just sitting on your butt talking on the radio right. and your CRP is high. You're looking at me. You're yeah. looking at a high level yeah. of inflammation. So who has this? Diabetics? Hypertensive? People with coronary disease? People with chronic Crohn's disease? You know, that's a gut thing. You're inflamed and you, you have diarrhea and it's painful and it's a horrible illness. But we can help now with other medications. So it was 15 where less than five was supposed to be normal. I was a hard, I was a walking, talking Heart attack in the making. Really? So what did I do about that? How long ago was this? Two years ago. Okay. Three years ago. So what did I do besides um, uh, taking the statin, which the statin dropped it alone from 15 to about eight. And that's a big, big drop, half, just taking the statin alone. So I went on turmeric. I read all this stuff about it. Yeah. It's a spice. It's incredible stuff. Okay. Turmeric, I put... I, Took two capsules of that a day. Two capsules of that a day. I took ginger, which is a capsule of ginger. It's another spice. And I took something called milk thistle. And then I took a baby aspirin every day. Um, and then I started exercising a little bit more. Now, the one thing I didn't do, okay, right, is quit smoking. I'm down to five a day, okay, All five right. a day. Well, and I'm I'm working on it. We're folks. holding it against you. you no, know, you know. I'm telling you, I'm bad. Yeah, that is that's bad. Right. I didn't quit smoking completely. And there's one big thing I didn't do. What didn't you I do? did the yes, yes diet, not the no, no diet. Yeah, you, you so ate I regular love bread. food. I yeah. love bread. Oh, pasta is like, yeah. you know, I could, I could go to sleep on a pillow of pasta every night and eat my way to, to the best dream of my life. <laughs> and then sugar. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm a sugarholic. Yeah. So I do the things that I know are bad for me. This is America. I still have a choice. Yes, you do. All right, but what's my CRP now? I don't know. Less than 0 0.1. 0 almost undetectable. 
Okay. Is that what I need I've to lost, shoot for? I've, well, you want to shoot as low as possible. Less than five? Yeah. I mean, that puts your risk lower. Okay, so the LDL should be less than 70, and I tell you, even less than that is good. You can't have too low of a cholesterol. If you get a family doc or an internal medicine doc who tells you it can be too low, that means they trained in the 70s and the 80s. Okay. We're wrong. It, doesn't, it can be as low as four, Okay. it's good. But anyway, so I went back and had a CT scan. My calcium score dropped from 350 to 40, okay? Which, and this is good. Yeah, because that means the calcium and the cholesterol. See, cholesterol becomes calcified yeah. when your immune cells try to get rid of it. Yeah. Okay, Cal- it's cal- calcified. And then the one in my neck went from 25 to 40% down to 10%. Yes. So plaque stabilization and plaque regression depend upon two. Oh, I forgot one thing. What's that? I take Vesipa, which is uh, eicosapentoic acid. There's a generic out now for it. There's a big controversy over it. But EPA. And it is the purified, 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 like 10 times pure fish oil. Contains one compound, which they know now, EPA, is the thing that works in fish oil. So if you buy the stuff off the shelf, you're taking 1% of what I'm taking, which is Vasepa. I take two big honking capsules twice a day. Yes. And triglycerides are almost zero. Well, no, not zero. My LDL is almost zero. My C-reactive protein is almost unmeasurable. Yeah. And my blockages are going the way of the dodo bird. Yes. So I'm not saying this is going to happen for everybody, but don't forget the I word. Inflammation. Inflammation. Now, why do you think marathon runners don't live as long as the rest of us? They should live forever. No, they don't. They live five years on average less than we do. And I'm not going to talk about this every marathon takes 36 minutes off your life. You ever, no, we yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. That. No. But why? They're, all, they're injured all the time. It's like a badge of courage. Yeah, I tore my medial meniscus and I still ran a marathon. I don't know, a great yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine the pain and suffering these people are going through. And I would love to, on the finish line of the New York Marathon, yes. <laughs> just draw some blood and see what their CRPs are. And, you know, let me tell you. Um, I had one of the world's biggest marathon runners, wrote for Runner's World. I can't mention his name because yeah. he didn't give me permission. But he came to me. He'd run probably six marathons a year, maybe eight. And he said, you know, I, I just want to get checked out and told I'm fine. Yeah. Well, he had triple vessel coronary disease, 95% in all of his arteries. And I finally sat down and said, just tell me the truth, okay? How do you feel <laughs> running a marathon? I feel exhilarated, but... I get this feeling like my <laughs> chest is squeezing. He's very lucky. Yeah. I mean, he got triple vessel bypass, and he went on to run marathons again. But he was a, a naturally, you know, instead of a chemically person. Got him on a statin, got him on his aspirin, and he's never had a problem again. That's 20 years later. So um, exercise is good, but too much causes inflammation because you're constantly destroying your body. And it's trying to build itself back up, and you're getting high levels of C-reactive protein. Don't exercise if you're injured. That's just stupid. Okay. I mean, you know, oh, I'm sorry. Well, Remember, just, I always said that doctors should not use this kind of language. I understand. I, and I, 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 sh- I, don't, I don't get mad at people who overexercise. I think that I, I think you should do it moderately to the point where you're not getting yourself injured. Inflammation. Well, so what can we do about inflammation that I agree with? in terms of things that we can do uh, day by day. One is yeah. exercise. Okay. Uh, it helps loosen the joints and not make them bad. 
Um, the other we can do is stop smoking, okay? Okay. Now, five cigarettes a day is equivalent to living in New York City. That is the truth. Okay. If you don't smoke and you live in New York City, it's five cigarettes a day. All it's right. It's equivalent. All right. Quit. Um, diet. Okay, sugar. I mean, sugar is our enemy. White flour is our enemy. And white rice is our enemy. If you want those things, eat them that haven't been processed. So whole grain bread, uh, whole grain rice. And they even make whole grain spaghetti now. Did you believe that? I don't know. Yeah, I'm now, sure it tastes really good. Here's the other thing that I think people don't realize. What? What would you say? I said, I'm sure that the whole grain spaghetti tastes really good. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Crunch. But anyway, um, what was I saying? Oh, 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 sleep. Okay. We have got <laughs> to be on a national campaign. Why isn't there sleep month? Because <laughs> we need eight hours in the bed with our eyes closed, yes. getting into deep sleep. Yes. Because that's what we do when we sleep. We repair <laughs> our brains. We repair our muscles. Sleep. You want to reduce inflammation? Yeah. Get some sleep. I do, yes. And then the other thing is weight gain. And why is weight gain a problem? Uh, it's uh, Okay. If you build muscle and you do it the right way, that's not such a problem. Sure. The visceral fat. You've heard that term, right? Uh, yes, I you have. You and me got a lot of visceral fat. Is that the belly fat? Yeah, it's belly fat. And okay. why is that? Because it's a storage of sugar. Okay. And you're going to be going in and out. And it's going to cause inflammation. All right. We're going to talk about... Why doctors should not get angry at their patients? I, listen, just you, little. <laughs> I want to get to that story, okay? And you've been you've been holding off on me. I, yes, we're also going to talk about Pfizer protecting from hospitalization, although you still might get COVID. Right, and this if is you the get thing the Pfizer shot, I want people to know. Okay, very bad. Yes, you can still get COVID, but you probably won't die. All right, that's coming up on Heart Health Radio. Telephone number here, 919-860-9783. Call right now. Ask Dr. Weefald a nice question. 919, because he's on edge. Even a not nice question. 919-860-9783, the Heart Health Radio Network. Well, you know you make me want to kick my heels up and down. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. Dr. Weefold, who is Edward Smith? Edward Smith, uh, I first met in 1999. You know how I met him? Yeah. He, no. was, he was prone. He was on his back having a massive heart attack. Really? And, uh, his whole back of his heart uh, went to jelly. Okay? It was about to burst. He had no blood pressure. I mean, and here's his family, great people. His daughter's a nurse, son's a truck driver. His wife was my patient, too. And um, I couldn't get anybody to operate on him because they were just convinced he was going to die. Now, yeah. luckily, I had a balloon pump in him, which is a thing that goes in the leg and goes up into your aorta and tries to help push blood through the heart arteries to get better blood flow. Nothing was working. Luckily, I had a good friend named... Uh, uh, Kevin, who is uh, the head of the cath lab at, at Duke, and I talked to him for a long time, and I said, look, okay, you can patch this guy's heart up, you can take off the jelly in the back, do bypass surgery, and sure, he's got a 15% risk of death, but he's got 100% risk, and they were willing to take yeah. that risk, and guess what? Yeah. They put a Dacron patch, you know what Dacron is? It's that stuff in the... You know, sure. the, the, the jackets that like you buy? Like a jacket, yeah, sure. The $500 jackets that are really, you know, you make $10 worth. But anyway, so they did it. 
And lo and behold, two months in the hospital, you know, rehab, he got good. He yeah. Got really good. And defibrillator to protect his heart in case it went haywire. And so, you know, for five, six years, um, he lived on the edge, you know, worried that, you know, I, I got, you know, half a heart left. And sure. I've had bypass surgery and, and, you know, he had some, some real concerns and I, I don't doubt it, but the medicines came along, new medicines for hearts that are weak. Um, we had his cholesterol level down. The best story though, it's not best for him, but it's a great story is that he was using a post hole digger, you know, out in the front yard. Yes. And started getting chest discomfort, and he wouldn't stop. And all of a sudden, his defibrillator is going off because he's going into ventricular tachycardic arrest. But what does he do? He's crawling along the driveway, dragging the post hole digger because he doesn't <laughs> want to lose it. Anyway, he had to get a stent then. Oh, my gosh. And, um, but then after that, guess what? Hmm. The only time he had heart trouble was when he had an ulcer. Now, you can have a silent gastric ulcer. It bled. Mm-hmm. And his anemia went real bad, and his heart goes went bad because his anemia made it so he had to pump twice as much blood because there was half as much blood there. Now I'm shouting him out, yes, because he's just went been, went been through another situation, his bladder and bladder cancer, and um, they uh, tried to do something. Uh, Percutaneous nephrostomy, too. They tried to put a tube in to drain some of the urine that was getting backed up, and it broke his his uh, urethra, no, ureter. He survived it and is doing great. And Good. so, what I want, and now what is it? 22 years later, right? We had a guy who was on death's door that nobody wanted to fix, right? And I found Kevin Harrison and the surgeons at Duke, and I'm going to tell you something if there's any time that I just feel, woe is me, I'm a doctor, and I'm overworked and yeah. underappreciated. And, right. You know, I think of him. Well, um, and he's just a wonderful human being. His daughter's wonderful. His son is my patient. His wife passed, um, uh, gosh, about five years ago. It was a tough time for that. I went to the funeral. You know, I go to a patient's funeral. Mm-hmm. They don't recommend it, but I no, do. I could understand why they wouldn't. They don't recommend it. Like, you know what someone said to me? Well, you know. You're the patient, and he's the patient. You're the doctor, and you show up at his, his funeral. It means you killed him. Now, come on. I mean, one of the great things about being a physician are the relationships you make, and uh, they're wonderful people. I just want to shout from the rooftops what a great family and what a great guy Edward Smith is. All right. We are going to uh, be back right after the news. This is Heart Health Radio. The following is a paid program, and the views expressed are those of the hosts and guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPTF or Curtis Media Group. Information provided is of a general nature. Listeners seeking specific advice should contact a licensed professional in the appropriate area. Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. This is Heart Health Radio. Get better, stay healthy, spot medical misinformation, maybe be entertained slightly. During the show. And? And what? Learn that there are some crazy doctors in this world who get on the radio and <laughs> say crazy things. Just 
just call us up if you've got a yeah, question. Yeah, I want to hear from you. Whether... 919-860-9783. And I'd especially like to hear from people who disagree with me because we'd have a good conversation. I'll listen. I mean, if, if you think that nobody should get the vaccines, call me. I'm going to be nice. I want to hear what you say and why you say it. And we should just review. Um, all right. Mask or no mask? Should we wear masks? Mask. I, mask. I, you, no, here's what I'm going to say. Wear a mask when they tell you to wear a mask. Okay. All right. Okay? I mean, just and there's no reason to fight it. No reason to get in a fight at Walgreens. No reason to tackle your um, steward or not, what are they, flight attendant. Flight attendant. You're not right, to right. Say stewardess. Um, no reason to be a jerk about it, okay? Okay. Uh, there are some people who should not wear masks if they have, you know, severe COPD, etc. All right, next. And typically, should a person get a vaccination? Yeah, every single vaccine that's out there, you got to get. I'm serious. Vaccines have revolutionized human life. The the every MM, single one. MMR. PPV, I mean, whatever it is, you know. whatever I can get. And if you get the vaccine so you don't get upset with Heart Health Radio, get that one. Now, are there some people yes. who, okay. Okay. who medically should not get right. a, and, and a vaccine or yes, two? Yes. Okay. So there are some people with, uh, for example, I learned the other day that have what we call uh, hemolytic uremic syndrome with vasculitis. That's an autoimmune disease. Yeah. Apparently they overreact uh, badly to some vaccines and perhaps even the COVID vaccine. So, yes, obviously, if you shouldn't get the vaccine, don't get the vaccine. But if you are healthy, without a pre-existing condition, um, you've tolerated eggs before, that's a big thing about the flu vaccine because it's grown in eggs. Hopefully it won't be. In right. the future, these mRNA vaccines from for COVID are leading the way in new vaccines. But anyway, come on, man, get them. And, and I'm not going to yell if you don't get them, because I understand with all the anti-vax stuff going around, people are scared. But, okay. you know, vaccines, yes. Should doctors yell at their patients? Uh, give me a minute to think <laughs> about it. No, I'm kidding. Never. 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 Well, that makes sense. Okay. Do people do it, though? Do, yes. do you know? Oh, my God. And have I done it before? Yes, I have. Have you seen doctors really chew out yeah. patients? Uh, rip them a new one, they say. And it's really sad. Uh, part of it is that we're stressed. Okay. The only time I've ever yelled at a patient, um, and this is a bad situation. I was about an hour and a half late, yeah. uh, finishing up my five o'clock patients at 630. And this guy just went on and on about, <laughs> oh, man, I haven't had my supper yet. And, you know, my time, and when he said this is when I lost it. And he said, my time is yeah. just as important as yours. Now, listeners out there are going to think and they're going to agree. And I'm going to tell you right now, unless you're a brain scientist or someone else, that time at four o'clock in the afternoon when I'm struggling to see people who are really sick, yeah, you know, the answer is reschedule. And uh, I'm not being late because I'm out drinking coffee. Right, right. And so the bottom line is I yelled at him and I said, you know, I, I am, you know, not, you know, a waiter. I'm not this. I'm a doctor. And, you know, here's the thing, okay? Um, he was right in a certain sense, Okay. I mean, I was making him late. And there's all this other stuff. What sure. I should have done is just let him vent and then say, I really understand what you're saying. Can I explain? Yeah. And then just let him know what I was doing. I had a guy walk in who couldn't breathe, and I had to put him on uh, uh, nebulization treatments and some oxygen. 
Um, he didn't want to go to the hospital, so I had to call the oxygen supply company to get it to his house. So you weren't scheduling a party. You yeah. didn't have cocktails right. and then make this guy late. Right. 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 You and were so doing medical I things. I did the wrong thing. And that is the patient was probably expressing concern because he had a health issue and he didn't think I was going to have the time for him, you see? Yeah. So this goes to what's happening now. And you see all these docs on, on CNN who are just, you know, the, the slather is coming out of their mouth. They've got to disinfect the uh, microphone because there's so much spittle coming out as they <laughs> scream and yell. You know, remember, remember um, Trump is killing people mm-hmm. with hydroxychloroquine, right. you know, and, and the anti-vaxxers, you know, they should be taken out and shot. Well, come on. I mean, let's be nice to each other. Let's 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 do what God tells us to do, which is to love each other and listen. But, and if there's an anti-vaxxer out there, call me up. I want to talk to you. But there are people who are coming to the doctor and get yelled at. Having re- yeah, but they've having they've researched it to the point where they're asking for ivermectin by name. Yeah, and you know what you say? They they are asking for hydrochloroquine or hydro. Yeah. Hydroxychloroquine. Hydroxychloroquine. And they didn't yell that. And and the doctor is responding because he's sick and tired of the topic. I don't think that's it. No? No, it's politics. And I think doctors are brainwashed uh, by politics just as everyone else. You know, the American Medical Association, when I first started, was to the right of Attila the Hun. The American Medical Association, Association in 1964 fought tooth and nail against Medicare. Let me tell you something. Yeah. Medicare is what made American medicine great. Okay. All this money started pouring out of the sky. Yeah. Okay. And we had money to do stuff. Okay. So, you know, that was wrong. Well, now they're a bunch of namby-pambies. I mean, they are to the left of Kamala Harris. I mean, it's amazing what's happened to the um, American Medical Association. They're for single-payer health care. So, I guarantee you, if you walk into your doctor's office and say, look, um, uh, I want to take ivermectin, and I, what do you think? <laughs> if that guy starts yelling at you, I can guarantee you one thing. What's that? That he's got a Biden sticker on his car in the parking lot. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that pro-Trump doctors are better than pro-Biden doctors, but okay. there are a lot of pro-Biden doctors who are nice, who have the capacity for caring uh-huh. and understanding. This person here is asking you a, a legitimate question. Because I'm telling you, I've seen the studies that show ivermectin works. I've seen the studies that show ivermectin doesn't work. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm a scientist. I've published in Nature and the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. And I don't know which study is better because they've been done differently. I don't yeah. know. And I don't believe in all these studies anyway. Um, a lot of them are, are just goop. Yeah. You know. So what you should do as a doctor is listen. Here's the problem. Yeah. They got to go and type out on their computer their yep. notes or yep. Duke or UNC is not going to pay them. They have to have the note done. You know why? If there's an emergency audit and there's not enough to do the 99214 code that gets you $106, they take your money away. If there's 10 charts that don't work out of 100, they take 10% of your money back of everything. So there's this massive mantra that you got to finish your note, got to finish your note. So you have a 15-minute visit, and the doctor has to type it in himself. He's got five minutes for you. Yeah. And if he's going to yeah. 
try to convince you that ivermectin is not good, he's going to get mad because I got a wife or a, a significant other, a partner, um, a husband at home, and I got to get home and I got to have all these notes done before I go home. And I don't want to fuss with your ivermectin. Now, me, <laughs> I don't have a computer in the room. I got a pencil and paper. I'm looking at the patient. I try to take notes that I can't read later. Yeah. And I do my charts on the weekends um, because that time is sacred between me and my patient. And sometimes a 15-minute visit takes 45 minutes, and I take 45 minutes. Oh, boy. But what we got to do is say, I understand where you're coming from. I disagree with you. Here's why. Now, you tell me what you think. I've got a story about my last visit to a doctor. Uh Uh-oh. Which kind of shed some light on this. I, I will share that if we have time. We're also going to talk about what's going on in New Zealand. We care because their experience, they tried a totally different kind of thing yeah. than we did. Yeah. They're oh, an they, island, they, a small island. Right. It's not, I got what, six million people. But it's a small island compared yeah. to, you know. But it, it is actually a very prosperous place. Yes. Yeah, very prosperous. It's like, you know, a mini Australia. Right. They don't say good day, mate, there, right? I have no idea, but they do sound similar. Similar. In New Zealand, um, they actually tried to keep COVID off the island, which makes sense. You don't want any COVID, don't you? But it's not working out. No. Nope. And they've changed their their plan. You may have seen some ads for something called balance of nature or relief factor, or you've heard the commercials. We're going to talk about some of those on today's show. That's coming up on Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. This is Heart Health Radio. Get better, stay healthy, spot medical misinformation just by listening to this show. Uh, the uh, the stories are coming out. Yeah. People are starting to lose their jobs. Yeah, it's big time. Because big time. they refuse to take the vaccine. Right. And now, um, boy, school children are required to get vaccinated. They do have some religious, I'm talking about the NMR and, yeah. you know, all the routine measles and stuff. And I think that's a good idea. It's, it's you know, go back to the 20s and 30s when there were epidemics of mumps and measles in school. Yeah. It was terrible. So there is a way to think that maybe um, there are certain jobs and certain situations where they should require a vaccination. Okay. Now, if you I, work in a if you know. work in a congregate care facility, right? Where and, and I'll define what that is. That's a nursing home or a place where young people live. You know, twenty four yeah. hours because they need twenty four hour risk. care. Seventy high, year olds, high risk year because if one person gets it, the whole place is right. going to get it. Right. Now they they ought to get the right. shot. And I think there is something to say about healthcare workers. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're vaccinated, it's been proven. You have a much less likely chance of passing it on to somebody else if you have an asymptomatic infection. Yeah. Uh, even if you have the infection and don't know it, you still pass it on less. So I could see that argument. Um, but let me tell you something that I think Rand Paul, and we just talked about earlier, is that yeah. natural immunity is immunity. Yeah. Oh, but people could get it again. Yeah. And people who are vaccinated can get it. 
Yeah. They studied. And in fact, you know, the Pfizer company has created a great vaccine and they are pushing for booster doses. And, you know, why shouldn't they make the decision about booster doses? <laughs> it's called a conflict of interest, right? Sure. Yeah. They I mean, you sh- know, yeah. they've made billions and billions of dollars on a reason and a reasonable way. And a, they did something fantastic. Sure. But natural immunity. And so the Pfizer guys were yucking it up in emails saying, you know, this is so, the natural immunity is better than our shot, you know. And it's probably true. Oh, man. Because you develop better T cell immunity than you do uh, with just a vaccine. Um, so here's my take on this. And I think Rand Paul is right. If you've had COVID and you have antibodies to COVID, right? Then if you refuse to get the vaccine, and, and it has been shown to protect you more if you've had COVID and then get the vaccine, yeah. but those who have had COVID have a much, much lower risk of getting and spreading COVID. So I think it should be uh, either get the vaccine or demonstrate you have anti-COVID antibodies from a natural process. And then, you know, that should be included. Now, I have to be very careful here. Okay. Sure. Because, but the nice thing is, I don't make medical policy. Policy. I Good make medical you. decisions. But if I were king of yeah. the medical decisions, I would say to this lady, and what's her name? She lost. She, she is. This is a story about an 18 year employee. Yeah. She's a beloved anchor. WLOX TV. Good morning, Mississippi is her TV show. I would have thought WLOX would have been in Brooklyn. Locks. Locks. And then (laughs) W-B-A-G-L-E. No, this is uh, Megan Gray. Yeah. She gave up her job. She wasn't fired, but she she would have been. she was going to be fired. She would have been fired. the day before she had to prove that she had the COVID vaccine. Right. And she had had COVID. Okay. And she even went and got her antibodies tested. She had blood drawn and showed she had anti-COVID antibody. Right. So, come on, people. Let's give each other a break here, okay? Now, if you're going to work in the ICU and you're going to be, you know, taking care of patients, um, yeah, I think you should demonstrate immunity. And there is is a little bit of a shred of a difference between the flu vaccine and the COVID vaccine. Yeah, but you know what? If you don't get the flu vaccine, you can't work at WakeMed. You can't work at UNC. You can't. You're right. I mean, what's great about that is that Come October, September, mm-hmm. they would have nurses roaming the halls at at Wake Med. It's awesome. Yeah, I didn't have to go to the uh, place and you know the pharmacy and get a. Vaccine. Oh, they would have the shot they with just, them, and then they give me a jab, <laughs> and then move anymore. on. Give me the jab. All right, Billy and Raleigh. We thank got you. a caller. Thank a you for caller. calling, Bill. What's going on? Yeah, Dr. Rick Wallace. Yes, sir. Um, Bill, Bill, I'm not hearing you very well. Are you? Are we on speakerphone? Yeah. Could you pick it up? Because I can hear up? better. Okay, hold on, hold on. It's okay. Not Click. a problem. There's, it's can you hear you know, better? A little bit. All right. Uh, wait a minute. Anyhow, Bill. this phone, this phone is, uh, is a problem. That's okay. Let's see if we can. Let's see if we can get it through. Okay, we're, we're moving into the uh, flu season. Yes. I went in to see my doctor and uh, asked me if I wanted the flu shot, and I said, I'm waiting to see the efficacy of the flu shot. Okay. Right. So, now, what I want to know from you is, um, 
should I, I'm seven, I'm going on seven years old in February. And uh, I've had open heart surgery. Okay. But, uh, do I want and in the two years ago, I had a pneumonia shot just okay. as a precaution in place of a flu shot. In um, place of the flu shot? The booster? Do I want to go with a booster? Do I want to go with a pneumonia shot? Or do I want to go with a flu shot? Okay. These are great questions. All right. Let's talk about this. Influenza strikes us out of the blue. Not necessarily so. There's all sorts of different types. So you hear this H1N1. That's a nasty one. And that means H is a certain protein and the N is a certain protein and the 1 and 1. We have to guess which flu is going to hit us. Is it right. H2? And so we have to create the vaccine six months earlier. So you're talking about efficacy. Sometimes it's 30%. Sometimes it's 80%. And by that, I mean effective and completely preventing flu. Right. But even if it's only 30%, just like the COVID vaccine, if you get the vaccine and you get influenza, it's a much lower chance of getting hospitalized and dying. So, yes, whatever the efficacy is, I still recommend you get it. Now, pneumonia shot, completely different animal. So influenza is a virus. It's not a living thing. It's just a gamish of proteins and fats and DNA, and it it just hits you and, and takes over your machinery and then leaves. Bacteria are what causes what cause most pneumonias that you get a pneumonia shot for, and that's called pneumovax because it's pneumococcal pneumonia. Pneumococci used to kill a ton of people in this country. Pneumonia was one of the biggest causes of death in the pre-antibiotic era. Yeah. So the Pneumovax and Prevnar, and you get both, okay? So you get your Pneumovax when you turn, oh gosh, you're going to get me, I don't know the age, 60. And then five years later, you get the Prevnar, and that protects you from pneumococcal pneumonia. So you need all three. You need the Pneumovax, you need the Prevnar five years later, and every year I recommend you get the flu vaccine, unless you're allergic to eggs, although there's now even a controversy about that. Right. So I understand what you're saying. Now, why is it important for you to get the influenza vaccine? Because you've had heart disease. And if you get inflammation from influenza, you could have a heart attack. All right, Bill, I hope that helps you out. Our telephone number is 919-860-9783 at Heart Health Radio. Welcome to Heart Health with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Call us with your health questions at 919-860-9783. And telephone number here is 919-860-9783. 919-860-9783. Let's talk about New Zealand. Yeah, I love New Zealand. Um, it's a beautiful country. Yeah. Uh, people don't realize it's mountains and forests. Mm-hmm. And the Maori people, they're Polynesians. They migrated there, you know, 500 AD. They they swam it. Swam. They did their canoe thing. Yeah. Just like they went to Hawaii and stuff. It's a wonderful country. A very prosperous nation. Very hardworking people. Um, but they they said we're going to have zero COVID. Yeah. Zero. And so they've locked down for a year and a half. I don't know how they did it. I, I don't know how you can have an economy. Where nobody works or nobody goes to the office, you know. And there have been massive protests, both in Australia, which had a sort of mini New Zealand lockdown. And they finally got to let up. You can't get zero COVID. You just can't. 
You're not going to do it. Is it is it healthy? No, it's terrible. I, I it's, mean, from one from one perspective, nobody wants COVID. Mental health, it's just terrible. A depressed people. Right. I mean, work is satisfying. Work should be something that helps define your life. It's not the definition of your life. But to sit around all day and, and worry about one case of COVID. Right. We can't let one person die. It's just, you know, it's not going to happen. And, you know, it, it, we did it wrong here. Uh, 700,000 people died. I think we could have done it better. I'm not quite sure how we could have done it better, but I think we could have. And then, you know, we we have struggled. Uh, we're coming out of it, though. Uh, COVID, it's going down. Right. Uh, it's just, it's going down everywhere. And you don't believe it, look at the graphs. But I think they're finally realizing in New Zealand that you got to live, too. And you got to work. And you got to have a semblance of a normal life. That doesn't mean chuck all the precautions to the wind. Right. It means... Let's be reasonable. Let's find let's find that common ground. And um, I think that one of the things you can tell about New Zealand is even though they speak English, it ain't, it ain't <laughs> real. Not. I just looked up sayings of New Zealanders. All right. What no, does no. this mean? Pass me the chuddy. Pass me what the chuddy. What does pass me the chuddy mean? Um, I don't know. Pass us all? Chewing gum. All right, Chewing gum. Oi, let's hit up macas. What does that mean? I don't know. I don't even recognize that as a word. Say let's, that in English. Let's go to McDonald's. Let's go to McDonald's. Okay. okay. Uh, just one more uh, that I thought was really, really funny, and I can't find it here. Oh, yeah. This is what they'd say about me. What's that? He's all mouth and no trousers. All ma- <laughs> He's all mouth and no trousers? Yeah. He promises something and never follows through, I guess. I don't know. All my, mouth and no trousers. My ex, my ex would have said. Now that. in Texas, of course, they say he's he's all hat and no cattle. Right. You know, he's all yeah. talk and he's, he's nothing. Yeah. Hey, let's let's talk about this because I I saw something on TV not just over your shoulder. Okay. Here in the studio, which was it felt me it made me feel kind of sad. Uh huh. It was a commercial for Relief Factor. Yeah. Okay. And there was a fella on the commercial, and I thought. Who is this fellow? He looked, you know, good-looking guy, but, you know, he's he's a senior fellow. Mm-hmm. He's gray, including his hair. And I, and I thought, look at this guy. It was Mark Spitz. Oh, God, he looked horrible. Mark Spitz. Yeah. You remember the picture of him? Was the— Really hot-looking guy with a right? mustache, dark hair, nice tan, and he had seven gold medals. Seven gold neck. medals. Seven. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, he speaks well. and He, he has— he looks old, man. He does. There's nothing wrong with being old. No, 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 but no. What no. this is is the shock of the image in your mind that <laughs> yes. stays there forever. Yes. yes. You know, and then the fear that I'm getting old too. You know. No, I'm not. You neither one of us are getting old, but that, that fell on TV. Yeah. It was. Yeah. So let right. me tell you about relief factor. Yeah. I, I'm a. This is a uh, disclaimer. Yeah. I get nothing from them. No yes. payments. I That's would right. not would not endorse the product. Okay, good. Because I don't want to do that. But let me tell you something. Yeah. It's really good stuff. Really? It's excellent stuff. Now, it's got omega-3 fatty acids. It doesn't have the concentration of what I talked about, the EPA. It's right. basically just a lot of fish oil. It's got turmeric in it and a lot of it. Okay. It, yeah. The other term for turmeric is curcumin, okay? But turmeric and what are all these things doing? 
they're lowering levels of inflammation. Yeah. So, you know, there's this really nice looking, I think she's a doctor. Yeah. And she runs marathons. And she runs with her hips hurting and stuff. Yeah. And she started Relief Factor and in three weeks. She felt better. You know what? I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. Because these are excellent anti-inflammatory supplements. All right. So turmeric, um, fish oil, EPA, the purified form of fish oil. Yes. And then something we haven't talked about, resveratrol, which is from grapes. And it is an anti-inflammatory. It's been studied. In fact, they're studying it now for preventing heart attacks. Didn't turn out that great. But if you want to look it up, just Google ingredients of relief factor. Now, there's a last one okay, yeah. that I didn't know yeah. too much about. Yeah. The official name is Icarin. Okay, now you're going to say that I'm being bad. No, but say it. the normal uh, thing, you know, like milk thistle, right? This got some name, right? Yeah. Horny goat weed. Really? Horny goat weed. Now, that stuff is anti-inflammatory. But yes. it's an ancient Chinese herbal medicine. And let me tell you something. I can't A lot th- of these ancient Chinese herbal medicines work. Yeah. And horny goat weed works to lower your inflammation. It also is a medicine for erectile dysfunction in China. Okay. Now, I'm not asking you to go out and buy some horny goat weed. No, no. Now, here's and, the problem. And in fact, we would like you to not run out and get this. Right. But especially do not run out and get a lot of it. Right. And but, take it all at once. But what I want to tell you. Like on a Saturday. Is I think this is good stuff. Now, here's the problem. Yeah. It's called bait and switch. You can get the first month for $19.95. Really? But you know what you got to do? No. You got to commit to three months. They take your credit card and they swipe it for all three months. Yeah. The second and third month, it's about a hundred bucks. Really? Now, here's what I want to tell you: when you know the ingredients of something, and you know how much is in it, sure, they estimate you can get all of it for about eight bucks, nine bucks a month. Okay. So I've got six months of turmeric, and it cost me I don't know how much, you know, fifty bucks. 40 bucks. That's yeah. six months worth. Yeah. Each re- relief factor thing is you're supposed to take what they tell you to take, and it's about 100 bucks a month. So, yes, it's good stuff. And, yes, it's it's in a nice package, and it's packaged well. Sure, it's sold yeah. Well. yeah. So if, if money doesn't matter to you, and you want to spend 100 bucks on this stuff, let me tell you something, okay? Rather you spend 100 bucks on relief factor than 100 bucks on Big Macs. Okay? Yeah, right. And we right. all make choices, which is why it kind of ticks me off when... You know, patients don't want to pay their $3 copay, and they got a brand new cell phone, and they're yep. wearing, you know, $200 Michael Jordans. Yep. But it's what you choose to do. But I can tell you right now, it's not been studied in terms of does relief factor itself, you yep. know, the actual thing, reduce, you know, death from all this stuff. But it has been studied and shown that if you can reduce your inflammation tremendously, that you have a very good chance of prolonging your life and making it better because you have less illness. But if you are someone like me, uh, I take all those ingredients except for horny goat weed, but you know, what you know what I'm leaving here, I'm going to Google, where oh. can I buy horny goat weed? Google it. I'm stopping by the vitamin store as soon as I Absolutely. get there. Absolutely. I bet you H Market, which is the Asian market in Cary. Yeah, you think? It's pretty cool. Yeah. Anyway, I bet you they got horny goat weed. They got all the other Chinese herbs. They got Chinese herbs right. too. See, here's the thing. I would be embarrassed asking for it if no. I couldn't find it on the shelf. Okay, if you want to ask for the re- the name, I Karen, I Karen, I C A R I I N, 
Icarin. And okay. it's a flavonoid, the active flavonoid from the herb or the herb known as epimedium. Oh, my God. All these strange words. They're going to, you know, this is the way the conversation is going to go. It's horny goat weed. Right. This is the way the conversation goes. Um, Do you have any Icarin? What? No, I I really just need a a big bottle of Icarin. Come on. I mean, and they'll pretend not to understand it. Oh, Jimmy. Give me the horny goat weed. Price check for the horny goat weed. (laughs) I love these names. But, um, yeah. So I'm not shilling. For, no, 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 no. For, we don't, we don't. But I'm shilling for the ingredients. All right. And anti-inflammatory. And okay, this, and this is a testimonial to anti-inflammatory. Yeah. Because I let me tell you, I reversed my coronary disease. Okay, and it happens, and that's been shown. Okay. For example, Vasepa right. reverses coronary disease, and okay. that's fish oil purified. There's another product called Balance of Nature. Yeah, and let me tell you about that. Yeah. Good please. stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. You can't go wrong with broccoli. A lot of people hate broccoli. I love broccoli. You can't yeah. go wrong with asparagus. Yeah. You can't go wrong with peaches, you know? And, of course, I'm saying this, you can't eat too much of anything. Sure. But these are, this product is uh, three capsules of veggies and three capsules of fruit. Yeah. And it gives you all the stuff you need for the okay. whole day. Now, there are, they are studying it. Uh, vegetables have flavonoids, et cetera, that can lower inflammation. So I think this is going to be good. So if you don't want to eat your vegetable and you don't mind swallowing capsules yeah. or yeah. or you eat your vegetables and you want even more vegetable, yeah. these are capsules like the size of a Tylenol capsule and how they make it. They buy fresh fruits and vegetables and they're not organic because they don't say they're organic. And I don't care if they're not organic because I right. know it's a bunch of hokum. But anyway, they take them. And then they freeze them. I mean, just you know, flash freeze them. Yes. And then they don't dry them. They put them in a vacuum. <laughs> and they take out all the water. So you are 90% water, Dave. If I were to freeze you and, and <laughs> put you in a vacuum, you'd be this little tiny mass of gamush. Yeah. Well, they the do that leftovers the... of the vegetables are little tiny particles of, of vegetable. You know, a, a, and it's what we call a complex carbohydrate. Yeah. So that means it's strings of, of types of sugars, but, but you can't break them down into individual sugars. That's the difference between flour, and uh, which is a simple carbohydrate. That's broken down into one molecule of sugar. You can take it, and because the broccoli is so shrunk now, yes. okay, it's the size of a pinhead. You, know, yes. you take a broccoli stalk and take yeah. everything out of it, it's tiny. They put it in capsules and you eat it. And so you're not getting the water that you get when you eat a piece of broccoli. You're just getting the broccoli. It's mostly chemically the same. It's it's the exact same, but it's exact just same. it's just the water sucked out of it and frozen out of it, and they put it in a capsule. I take it um, only yeah. because I know that I don't eat enough vegetable. Right. Now, do I feel better? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I feel good some days and feel bad some days. Right. I'm not getting paid to endorse the product. No, no. But man. here's the thing I'm going to tell you. Yeah. You got two choices. Yeah. There are some others that are like it. Okay. You can get vegetable and fruit capsule. Right. Um, I think that the if you don't care about the money, it's a hundred bucks a month. Okay. Yeah. Now, probably, and I'm not a. Are you a shopper? Do you do the grocery shopping? No. I do the grocery shopping. Yeah. Vegetables are expensive, aren't they? Yes, they are. Okay. So I don't They're know. They're more if expensive now. I would like to know. I don't know. 
that buying the equivalent number of vegetables that are in balance of nature is more expensive or less expensive. I'm going to look it up and tell you. But it's 100 bucks a month. Right. Um, and, you know, uh, relief. They always target about 100 bucks a month. You notice that? Yeah. 99 And they always get you on the first month, 1995. And they're always on cable TV in in, during the day when everybody's supposed yeah. to be at work. There are a lot of things I don't I, I don't endorse. I'm not endorsing this. But I'm telling you, if you ask, people ask me, is this good stuff? Yeah. Yeah, look at the ingredients and both, it's good stuff. Both balance in nature and um, relief factor are good. They're good things. Can I just They're call expensive. it? Can I just call it goat weed? Goat weed. Can't I go into the store horny and just goat. no? Because there are goats that aren't horny, and there are goats that I have horns. It's still horny. Now my goats had horns and were horny. Okay, I had a bunch of really small goats, uh, mini goats. Let me tell you something. They're like dogs. They would jump around. They're smart as all wet. Get out. But they were horned, and they were horny goats. You owned goats. We had five. Five goats. Five goats. Let me tell you, when I lived on the farm, this is back in the day when I had a 12,000-square-foot mansion. Now I have a 1,200-square-foot apartment <laughs> basement. Uh, we had 15 acres. We had 12 horses. We yeah. had a riding ring. We had uh, a big barn. And you had goats. We had a mare barn. We had three roosters. No, 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 no. What are they called? Turkeys. We had eight chickens. <laughs> we had three, no, four mini horses. And we had a cow. We had a cow. And what happened was one of my patients had cows. And I said, yeah, I want a calf. He showed up at my office with a calf that had just been weaned in his truck. As if that was the right place to deliver it. So I told him where to deliver it. And we put him in the pasture with the mini horses. And what what did he think he was? A horse. A horse, yeah. He's now 1,400 pounds. Uh, he's buff. He, yeah. doesn't even, he doesn't even dry scoop. Yeah. Okay? No, well, no, kind of. No, he's, he's built. No, and my ex fed him alfalfa hay, which is like super protein. Yeah. And we fed him corn and grain. And then I was going to butcher the guy. I mean, I love steak. Yes. And he became just a pet. Yes. He'd walk up and snuggle you. He thought he was a horse. And he'd play with the horses and stuff. And my daughter, who was, I guess, 15, 12 at the time, she yeah. pulled me aside one day. Because I was all, you know, sharpening the knives and I was calling the butcher yeah. who was going to do this. And she yeah. said a simple thing. If you butcher that cow and eat it, I will never speak to you again. <laughs> so I had a choice. Now, here's the great thing. That same guy yeah. shows up in my office with 10, 10 or 12, three-inch T-bones. Sure. Porterhouses. Sure. Oh, my God. Yeah. Now, all you PETA people out there and everybody else um, who thinks it's bad for you to eat meat and has read all this stuff, I just don't believe it. Okay? I don't believe it. I, <laughs> what could be better than a good old porterhouse, right? Especially if you didn't know the cow's name. Yeah. Really. The ca- cow's name is Colby. Yeah, but but my point is but no, the I porterhouse wanted, did not come from yours. Well, what did I want to name him? I can't tell you. Yeah, huh? It's named after a... I was going to name him after a very prominent entertainer, but it was when the, just in the beginning of the, um, what's that called again? You know, um, we're supposed to be just right. You know, oh God. Politically correct. Right. PC era. Yeah. And I was told that no uncertain terms, if I named that cow after that entertainer, I would get in trouble. So I didn't do it. Okay. 
I didn't do it. Thank you for sharing half that story. This is Heart Health Radio. Well, you know you make me wanna shout, kick my heels up and shout, throw my hands up and shout, throw my head back and shout. Come on now. You know you can listen to this show on on Apple Podcasts or at HeartHealthRadio.com. HeartHealthRadio.com. Name of the show plus dot com. We got anybody to shout out? Yeah. Uh, the Nobel Prize in yeah. medicine is David Julius, and I actually knew uh, him. Yeah, uh, physiologist and Nobel Prize. And you is know it what recent? He, the most this recent is this year. Yeah. yeah, and you know what they did? Well, there's another guy who won too. Uh, another scientist. His name is Artem Pap. Gosh, I'm terrible. Patapulian. Yeah, and they were sense, smell, and 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 feel, and they. They figured out how it works. Um, you know, the, the, the smell binds to this protein called a receptor. It sends out a signal. It goes to your brain. And they mapped it all out. And they did yeah. all the genes and stuff. And it's really going to help um, because I think it's going to really help uh, in terms of understanding our senses and how, when we lose them, perhaps get them back. I mean, one of the senses that goes away in COVID right away is the sense of taste and smell. Right. So shout out. Scientists, you gotta love them. Uh, David Julius is from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT, and this other guy, where's he from? Scripps Research. So they're Americans. You know, yeah. Let me just say something. Everybody hates America now. The politically correct left winger. <laughs> we're great. You were good. We're absolutely fantastic. We're, good. we're great. A great country. We are the Do, best country in the country. I am gonna tell you that. No, we are the best country in the world. Um, we have problems, yes. Okay? But if you're listening and you think there's a better country in the world, call me up. Okay? Somebody told me Norway the other day. And I said, I'm half Norwegian, right? Right. Why Norway? Oh, my God. They're going green. They're all electric cars. Yeah. They, they uh, give money for child care to everybody. Uh-huh. All right. What's their economy based on? You tell me. I don't know. What? Oh. Oh. What do they do? They're, they... Petrochemicals? Yes. They're, the they're, North Sea and whatever, the North Atlantic, they are per capita yeah. in numbers of people, the largest exporters of oil in the world. So come on. You know, does that count that they all buy electric cars? And okay, This is like the mafia. <laughs> this would be like the mafia saying, yeah, we, we, we sell heroin, but, but our people don't use it. Yeah, that's right. I mean, come on. So this is still the greatest country in the world. And if you want to stop and think, our scientists, our, our medical people, yes. um, our nurses, yes. our um, truck driver. You know, we have a truck driver crisis in this right. country. I know. The price of gas is going to be $6 because they don't have people to truck it around. Right. I mean, we need everybody right. to recognize how great they are. I don't care what you do. Mm-hmm. I don't care what your job is. If you do it right, you're being a great American. Very good. Um, aspirin and COVID, yeah. there and, is a connection. Yes, absolutely. Now, why? Okay, we take a baby aspirin once a day, 81 milligrams. Guess what Guess what they found out? What? 325 and 81 eight, make no difference. We used to think that if you took a 325, that it would affect the artery uh, negatively and affect the platelet, and so you got to take an 81. Yeah. They never did the study. This is the other thing I want to tell you. Okay, in medical school, I would have gotten slapped on the wrist if I gave a 325 milligram aspirin versus an 81. Why? Because 81's better. 
Did they do the study? No. When they do the study, it's the same. Well, anyway, why does aspirin work on a heart attack? Yes, it prevents clotting, okay? Because the platelets are poisoned a little bit by the aspirin, and yeah. they don't clot as much. But what's the other big thing? What is aspirin? What do you take it for? Usually, what we used to take it for? Uh, pain? Yeah, inflammation. inflammation. Yeah. So it lowers inflammation, right? So? And inflammation causes heart attacks. So what is COVID's problem? The virus doesn't kill you. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's the inflammation. It doesn't eat through your nose. No, it, it doesn't does not. cause your brain to turn into, you know, it doesn't eat your brain like Pac-Man. The people who get real sick for some reason, and we don't understand why, it's genetic. I'm sorry, we're not all the same. Some yeah. people have the genes, some people don't. And it causes your body's inflammation to just go nuts. And it, your whole body gets inflamed, your lungs get scarred, you can't breathe. So they found out that if you give an aspirin tablet, you reduce the risk of death by 25%. Does this mean that I, because I take the baby aspirin every day, uh-huh. that I have a lower, maybe a lower you risk? definitely do. I do? You definitely do. Okay. So what do they do now when you go into the hospital sick with COVID? You get an aspirin, you get heparin. Heparin is an anti-clotting agent right? because you can clot to death from COVID. Uh, you get the uh, cocktail of um, Regeneron, which is the monoclonal antibodies. You get Remdesivir. Right. And you get um, Medrol, uh, um, the anti-inflammatory steroid. All right. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's Heart Health Radio for this week. Thank you, uh, we everybody. Um, Heart Health Radio is going to be on from noon until 1 tomorrow. Really? Yeah, but we won't be here. Well, guess who's going to listen? It'll be the two of us yes. at our respective homes. Everybody have a great weekend. God bless. Heart Health Radio is for information purposes only. Before taking any action, consult your doctor.